the panel has been discussing the spirituality and the forces of God, but I also believe that there are two forces that are here with us, that we do have our, our, our God that we can depend on, but there's also a power of darkness that we do need to be aware of. And, and that's you, where the choice is. Do you begin. believe that, uh, that you can choose between one or the other? Most, most absolute definitely. Yeah. Now, now Marianne uh, Williamson says in her book, Return to Love, that we're always walking in the direction of one or the other. That all of your actions in life, either you're moving toward the darkness or you're moving toward the light. Right. She calls it fear and love. There's this wonderful book called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn, which talks, it, which, which is, anyway, it's a gorilla talking, but anyway. Uh, it talks about one of the points it brings out is one of the mistakes that human beings make is believing that there is only one way to live That's and right. that we don't accept that there are diverse ways of being in the world that there are millions of ways to be then a human being and, and many ways no but many paths many to what you call God that and her path might be something else and when she gets there she might call it the light but her loving and her kindness and her generosity brings her if it brings her to the same point that it brings you it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not and I guess the danger that could be on that I mean it's, it sounds great on the onset but if you really look at both sides I there could couldn't possibly be just one way hmm. couldn't possibly be just one way all roads lead to God is the most common twisted belief in our culture today you know, we're continuing our series this morning called Twisted. And the message of all roads lead to God, it sure feels good. Kind of lets us off the hook. But I got to tell you, it's twisted. All roads lead to God. And to say that, that one way is right and all the other ways is wrong is narrow-minded. It's bigoted. It's judgmental. What is true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. And some would say that trying to find God is like climbing a mountain. You know, since everyone knows that there is uh, uh, just one way to climb, a, that, that there, there's not just one way to climb a mountain, you see, mountains are big for, uh, for that. And each person can choose what road to take to get the top of the mountain. There's simply different roads leading up the same mountain. One road goes east, the other goes west, but they all end up in the same place. God is also too big uh, to be thought of or worshipped in just one way. All ideas about God contained in the various religions of the world are just different ways up the mountain. Now, in fact, though different religions have different names for God, the names all refer to the same God. Now, before I dig in any deeper on that, uh, we have to acknowledge uh, the cultural belief of today. And the cultural belief of today is that all religions are essentially the same. According to a, a, a recent Newsweek uh, brief net poll, 8 in 10 Americans, 8 in 10, uh, including 68% of evangelicals, uh, born-again believers, believe more than one faith can be a way to salvation. 68% of evangelicals believe them that more than one faith can be a way to salvation. George Barner reported that 64% of Americans agreed with the following statement. Christians, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, and all pray to the same God, even though they use a different name for God. 
Barna reported that 62% of those surveyed agreed it does not matter what religious faith you follow because all religious faith teach the same lesson about life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that's twisted. You see, the Bible doesn't teach that. Twisted. You see, there, there are many ways to God. And honestly, in our politically correct world that we live in today, that just feels right. I mean, it, it kind of just feels right. It feels safe. In other words, I can say that and, and it won't be offensive to anyone and everyone will kind of uh, agree with me and I won't, I, I won't have to uh, live in any fear of being offensive to anybody. Yet Jesus makes a very exclusive claim in the Bible and he says, there is no other way to the Father except through me, but through me. Now today, in our culture today, you can talk about God. I, I mean, you, you, you can talk about God on television. You can talk about God here and there. You can talk about God. You can talk about spirituality. You can talk about your spirituality. And, and you can talk about karma. I mean, that's the buzzword today, karma. Uh, you can talk about all three of these. You can talk about God. You can talk about spirituality. You can, take, you can talk about uh, karma, but don't you dare in our culture today talk about Jesus. I mean, you, you talk about Jesus, and everybody kind of freaks out on you. I, I mean, man, they go ballistic on you. I heard a story about a fourth-grade little girl that was trying to talk about Easter at school, and her teacher said, you can't talk about Christian things here at school. Her teacher said, and the little girl said, but it's Easter, and Jesus uh, rose from the dead. And the teacher said, you Christians are all so foolish. And Jesus, you know Jesus did not rise from the dead. And the little girl said, yes, he did. And the teacher said, no, no, no. The Roman soldiers, they stole the body of Jesus. And the girl said, no, no, they didn't. And the teacher said, well, prove it. And a little fourth grade girl, she kind of got frustrated and she said, I, I, I can't prove it. But here's what I'll do. When I die and when I go to heaven, I'll ask the Roman guards and they will tell me they didn't do that. And the teacher, she kind of smirked and she says, yeah, but what if they're not in heaven? And the little girl said, well, then when you die, you ask them. <laughs> she, <laughs> Are there many different ways to God or is Jesus the only way? It's really a question that we all have to grapple with. We all have to, to think about that uh, in our world today, in our culture today, because it says that 68% of evangelical Christians believe there are more than one way to God. And so ultimately, the question we all have to answer is whether you believe in truth because, do you believe in truth? Because today, not too many people believe in truth. Now, a study by George Barna found that 60% of all Americans, of all Americans, deny the existence of absolute truth. There is no absolute truth. Most Americans today believe the truth is relative. What is truth? Well, the definition, the most accepted definition of truth is the, is the correspondence between our ideas and our perception or perceptions and reality. Now, if I make a statement and I say, I could have done this this past week, if I made a statement and said that it's raining outside, it is true if I look outside and find that it's raining. 
What, what, is true, what is true is that which actually is true. Only if I can see it. You see, the belief in more than one way to God is really a, a belief that truth does not exist. That truth does not exist. Even more to the point that it really doesn't matter. Yet nowhere in life does that match our experiences. Here's what I mean. If I, if I take out my cell phone... I got here somewhere, and, and, uh, and I just, well, I thought I had somewhere. But anyway, I, I can, uh, I can if, if, I were to, I could, if I were to dial any set of numbers, and I, I can't, though. I can't dial any set of numbers and, and get my home. You know, I can't just go in there and punch a bunch of, bunch of numbers and expect the phone to ring, and Gabe, Gabe answers the phone and says, hello, darling. I can't, <laughs> I can't get that. Every home... Every individual has a, a different cell number. Every home has a separate number if they have a phone uh, that must be dialed to reach that location. Get that? I can't just punch any number and get anybody, uh, I can't, can't get uh, that, uh, my home. There's not a single area of your life in which you can make any choice you want from a wide array of options and achieve the same result or experiences. In understanding truth, though, we must ask why an idea that fails when applied anywhere in life is somehow true when it comes to the kingdom of God. So the question isn't, is there truth, but can spiritual truth be found? And there is, and we live by it, our lives by truth every day. Now, Jesus made probably the most incredible uh, uh, spiritual claim in the history of all man. And when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. You talking about an outrageous, incredible spiritual claim, not only in history, but if, to make that claim in our culture today. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except me. Now, I want you to notice, he did not say that he was one of the ways. He didn't say that. He didn't say that I am a truth or a life, but he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Now, that statement is the foundation of our Christian faith. It's the foundation of our Christian faith. So, so we must conclude that either Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to God, or that he was somehow a liar. That when he said that, he was just lying about it. When he said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, that he was a liar. You see, and, 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 and you're saying he was a liar, this man who was known for his moral life was being immoral himself. He was a liar? It could be. Or maybe he was crazy. You know, maybe this dude was just flat crazy. Or he was a lunatic. I, I, I mean, he was just flat out of his mind. Maybe he was crazy. You, you think about David Koresh or Jim Jones or Marshall Applewhite and others who had a Messiah complex. I mean, did he just have a Messiah complex like the rest of these guys? They just, they believed to be God or the Messiah or, or some sort of deity? See, all these guys had a, uh, had a history of disturbing behavior. 
little off-center. And you think about Jesus, he was the most loving, the most generous, most perfect person, and he was either a liar, or he was a lunatic, or he really was the way. Now, to reject that truth is to reject everything else in here. To reject that truth, that he was the, the way, the truth, and the life, is to say, none of it's true. So any other claim he made, that if we confess our sins, he will forgive us, or that, that, uh, that uh, you know, that he'll be with us to comfort us and to strengthen us, and all those other promises that he made, they're lies, or he's just crazy. You see, he was either a liar or a lunatic, or he was the way. Now, but then you look at Peter, and Peter hung out with him. He said this in the book of Acts, after Jesus had died and had been resurrected and went to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father, he said, it is by the name of Jesus Christ. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Now, many people today are shocked by that. Many people today are outraged by that claim. But you cannot dismiss it because there are so many other religions and religious ideas and there are so many religions from which to choose. They differ radically from one another and choosing where to place your spiritual trust is neither narrow-minded nor intolerant. Truth exists and truth matters. Truth exists and it matters. There are many ways to God. And honestly, in our politically correct world, that just feels right. It feels safe, and it's not offensive, yet it's twisted. Jesus makes a very exclusive claim, and he says, there is no other way to the Father but through me. There is no other way. Now, so what about Muslims? Or, or what about Hindus? What about Buddhists? What about the followers of Confucius? What about the millions who follow tribal religions? Or what about the Native American religions? For that matter, what about the millions of people who have no religion at all? And they seem perfectly happy, just as they are. And they're good people. What about them? If Jesus is the only way, does that mean that God is going to send everyone else to hell? That's a great question. Good people? The Bible teaches that it isn't God's desire for anyone to experience hell as a punishment for his or her broken relationship with God. In fact, God desires for everyone to receive. The Bible says it's his will that all should come to know him, that none should perish. It's his will that every one of us receive the gift of eternal life in heaven through his son, Jesus Christ. But you know what? God didn't make us mindless robots. We have the ability to freely accept this as truth. We have, the, we have the free will to accept the truth that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through him. We have, a, we have the freedom to choose that, or we have, to choose, we have the freedom to just flat out reject that. But remember, with freedom to choose comes consequences. You know, we like to have that free will, but we don't like the consequences to go along with it. But every decision we make has a consequence. And, and, and when we choose uh, 
the freedom to choose, we have consequences, and God doesn't send anyone to hell. We choose our own destination of eternity by our own free will. And if you say, I'm, going to, I'm not going to accept Jesus, I'm not going to accept him uh, for who he says he is, I'm not going to accept the fact that he is the only way. If you say, you know, if you say uh, uh, I'm a good man or you think you're a good man, but you, you don't believe that he was really God, though, and you decide not to accept Christ as a truth, God will let us do that. That's how much he loves us. He'll let us decide that. We can make that decision. And we can decide not to accept Christ as a truth. You, if you're here today and you've not made that decision, you can walk out and say, nope, it's not for me. I'm not going to make that decision. And God will let you do that. He will let you walk away. But if you choose to separate yourself from God today, if you choose to make that decision today, you will choose to be separated from God for all eternity. And then you'll go to a place that the Bible calls hell. Now, you might even question whether hell's a real place. You say, wait, I don't even believe hell's a real place. Well, I, Jesus talked about it, so it must be. And some people say, well, I don't believe in hell. Well, that doesn't make it not real. Just because you don't believe in it. You know, I don't believe, you know, I'd like not to believe in Dallas, Texas. Be honest with you, it's an unpleasant place in my mind. Uh, but it's still a place, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So, that's just like saying go to hell. <laughs> oh no, should have said that. <laughs> but the reality is, you know. Whether I want to believe it or not, that's not called belief, that's called denial. And just because it's unpleasant doesn't mean it's not true. You see, hell was made for the devil and his angels, not for people. But when you choose or I choose to reject God, we will be separated from him. Look at this verse. They are on their way to hell because they have said no to the truth. They have refused to believe it and love it and let it save them. So God will allow them to believe lies with, their, with all their hearts. Now, has anyone besides me ever been told to go to hell? Have you ever been told to go to hell? Some of you. The rest of, yeah. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> no, I don't know that to be true. I just said that. But today, I want to tell, hey, when they told you to go to hell, did they ever tell you how to get there, how to, how to go to hell? I'm going to tell you today how to go to hell. It, so next time somebody tells you, you'll know how to get there. There's only one way to hell. Only one way to hell. You see, I got your attention, don't I? Start talking about that. There's only one way to go to hell. When I first became a believer, I smoked Marlboro Reds. I got saved, I smoked like a train. I traveled, I traveled and popped them out the window. I quit 150,000 times, it seemed like. I throw this pack away, I'm done. And after I got saved, I had this big question because I didn't want to quit smoking. I, I had this question, would smoking send me to hell? And everybody I'd get around, I'd ask them if they were Christian, hey, does smoking send you to hell? Some people say yes, yeah, some people say nah. You know, smoking won't send you to hell. And since, 
I've since discovered that, that it won't send you to hell, but it'll make you smell like hell, you know? <laughs> There's only one way to hell, and here it is. Listen to this. To refuse to accept and follow and love the truth. To refuse to accept and follow and love the truth. That is the only way you can go to hell. By rejecting the truth. By refusing the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. So how do you go to heaven? There's only one way. There's only one way to heaven and there's only one way to hell. Well, how do you go to heaven? There's only one way that you and I can go to heaven. It's not by being a good, you say, well, I'm a good little girl. It's not by being a good little girl. Well, I'm a good little boy. Well, I go to church every Sunday. I'm a good Nazarene. I'm a good Baptist. It won't get you there. It's not by getting baptized. It's not by taking communion. It's not by giving to the Red Cross. It's by giving to the parking lot fund. <laughs> Just kidding. Just came in my head. I had to say it. You know how it is. But really, it's not by all that. There's only one way to heaven, and it's this. It's to accept and love and follow the truth. What is the truth? Jesus said, I am the truth. So, how, so now you know. Now, one day, the Bible says we'll all stand before God in judgment, right? We'll all stand there. And, 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 you, and, and I can tell you, if you're sitting here this morning, you can't say, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, that I had to love and accept and follow the truth. Oh, and, Jesus, and God's going to say, I'm going to stick out my chest. Oh, God's going to say, uh-huh. You remember that Sunday morning when old Pastor Buddy talked about it there at Salem Fields? See, you don't have any reason now. You can't say you've never heard the truth because I've told you the truth. The way to heaven is to love, accept, and follow the truth. And you can decide to reject that or you can decide to follow that. But there is no excuse now to say, wow, God, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I never heard that. If you're online, you heard that today. If you're in a cafe and you're listening, you heard that. If you're watching Wednesday night, you heard that. Now you know. And it's your choice. John put it this way. Whoever believes in him, that means Jesus, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed. This is the verdict. Light is coming to the world, but men love darkness instead. You see, for the person who has chosen to accept Jesus as the truth, the judgment of God will simply be affirming of us, will be affirming of the decision that you have, that we have already made. And here's how Jesus phrased it. He said, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life, twisted that there are many ways to God. Yet Jesus makes a very exclusive claim, and he says, there's no other way to the Father but through me. Now think about this. If God would have known there's all these different ways to heaven, I mean, you could just pick a path and go, do you think that he would have sent his son Jesus to die for us if there was another way? I mean, he's a loving and compassionate God. Would he have sent his son to die if you could just get on this path and go? Would he have sent his son to be born in a stable that stunk like cow dung? 
would he have watched his son hang on a cross and die and suffer? If there's many ways to heaven? I think not. I think not. He said, whoo, I'm spared there, man. Don't have to go through that. But you know, twisted beliefs are hard to get out of your head. Through this series, there's some twisted beliefs that we learned in Sunday school that just weren't true. Or twisted beliefs we watched on TV, we heard somebody on TV tell us that, and we believe that. Or we've watched Fox News. And those twisted beliefs are hard to get out of our head. And the most twisted beliefs about God is, to, about God is that there's more than one ways, way to God. And every one of us have to come to grips with that this morning. Every one of us. And, and if you're sitting on a fence and you're saying, well, buddy, I, I, I believe there's many ways. You've got to come to grips with that. You have to choose. Is that the way you choose to live your life? Cool. That is cool. God says that's not really cool, but that's, you can do that. You can live that way. But you have to pay the consequences. Or you can say he really is the truth. And you can follow his ways. And every person has to come to that decision in their life and decide whether to believe that it's true that there's many ways or recognize it as twisted. I believe it's twisted. And I stake my life on that. If it were not twisted, I wouldn't even need to do this. I wouldn't even have to do this. I mean, we could just come together and drink coffee and eat donuts, have pizza. Just have a great time. You wouldn't, have to, you wouldn't have to tell your neighbors about Jesus. We could just, it's twisted. I believe it's twisted. I believe there's only one way to heaven. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be critical if you choose the other way, another way. I'm not going to be critical of you if you don't believe like I believe. I'm not going to get on Facebook and say, yes, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my best to do as Jesus did. I'm gonna, I said I'd do my best to do as Jesus did, and that's to love you and let you believe. But I'm going to pray for you. Every Friday morning, go in that little room back there that I'm in town, and I pray for people who don't know Jesus. We all have to choose. I believe he's the only way. I believe what the Bible teaches. There is no other name under heaven whereby a man can be saved. What do you believe? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. We thank you, Father, that we have a choice, that you created us with a free will. Thank you, Jesus. I can choose you. I can reject you. But, God, I get to choose. What a loving God you are. Thank you for that. And I pray right now, Lord, for every person that's in this room today. I pray for those that are watching online or in the cafe. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit today would live and reign in this place, in these moments that we have together. And I pray, God, if there be anyone in this room that is wavering in their choice to follow you, that right now, God, you would just snuggle up next to them. And God, you would reveal the truth of your love for them right now. 
And maybe you're here today and, and you have never really made that decision that Jesus is the only way, that he is the truth, that he is the life, that he is the way to Jesus. Jesus is the way to God. And you've never made that decision. And maybe today you've heard some truth that maybe has helped you to understand better that Jesus loves us so much that God sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That it is God's will that none should perish, that all should come to know Christ. That God loves you and I with an everlasting love. And he loves us so much that he wants us to choose to love, to accept love and follow him today. If that's you today and you've never stepped across the line and made that decision for Jesus, will you pray this prayer with me today? You don't have to pray it out loud, but you can pray it in your heart. Jesus, I believe that you are the truth. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are my Savior. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me right now. I invite you, Jesus, into my heart to be my Savior right now. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. You pray that. Now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, and no one looking around, just for a moment, you'd say, buddy, I prayed that prayer today, and I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I've come to him today. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, would you just slip up your hand and say, yeah, I prayed that prayer today. Anybody like that? God bless you. God bless you. God bless. All over the auditorium. God bless you. Whew. God bless. Anyone else? One more time. Maybe you didn't get yours up. Yes. Anyone else? God bless you. You can put them down. Anyone else? Father, thank you for your presence here right now. Thank you, Jesus, for those who have stepped across the line tonight, today, Lord. They have accepted you, and they believe that you are the truth. God, we lifted up Jesus today, and the promise is true that men and women will be drawn to you. And God, it's happened here today, and we thank you, and we praise you. Let's just give God a big old clap offering right now for the people that accepted Christ. Now, folks, for the rest of us, let's love like Jesus loves. Let's give like Jesus gives. Let's live our lives like he lives. Jesus didn't criticize those who didn't believe like he believed. He loved them. And he prayed for them. And if they were hurt by him, they didn't go to Facebook and write all kinds of stuff or they didn't agree with somebody. They just loved them. Just love them. 
I think love will win people to Jesus more than criticizing people win to. I don't agree with everything that's happening in our world today. But I'm not going to get on that bandwagon of tearing, criticizing people. Just going to try my best to love them and pray for them. And ask the Holy Spirit to do in their life what he did in my life, convicted me. And changed me from a sinner to a believer. Gave me a new life. So let's be a, let's be a loving, generous, giving, praying congregation that loves God and loves people. God bless you.